Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. As Pastor Frank shared, uh, I will be with you for this Sunday and of course the next for two weeks. And I want us to really fellowship around the world. I, I am not coming as one who knows more than you. I, I don't want to come this way. I want to come as a friend, as a father. And just sit around the table and share the Word of God. And I want to be sharing with you some of the principles from God's Word that has literally changed my life, the way I think, the way I work, and the way I behave in the Kingdom of God. In many ways, I identify with all of you. I say that because I come from a foreign country. I was born in the island of Cyprus. And I came to this country as a very young boy before my 14th birthday. I came in a strange land with a foreign language that I did not speak with foreign people I did not know. And my early years were very, very difficult. How many of you come from the DRC? Can I see your hand? A great number of you. That is why I say to you in many ways I identify with you. And I've always seen myself in this country as a missionary, as one who has come from a very young age because my parents brought me to this country. But when I came to the Lord Jesus Christ and I received him into my heart as my Lord and my Savior, I began to serve him. And even to this day, I consider myself as a missionary to South Africa. And that's who you are. Of course, you came into this country for a better future, a better life for you, for your children. And what I want to be sharing with you this morning and next Sunday, I trust that these principles will be adopted by you, will be embraced from your heart, and you will begin to live by these principles. The Word of God is eternal. His principles are eternal. They never change. But they change us. When we receive them, when we embrace them, and when we put them into practice in our lives. And so, allow me this morning, please, 
give me the liberty and the freedom to share with you some life-changing principles concerning financial matters. Which these, these principles that have to do with our resources, our finances, in applying them consistently in my life, over 43 years that I have come to know the Lord. You need to understand that in the kingdom of God, nothing works instantly. We live in a world that demands instant results, instant gratification, instant return. But in God's kingdom, nothing works instantly. It works through the principles of sowing and reaping. It works through a process of time, a process of development. You plant a seed today, you don't receive a harvest tomorrow. It takes time. Amen? Amen. These principles that I will be sharing with you have not only transformed my way of thinking, but my way of giving. And for me, I live to give. I don't live to receive. The Word of God has changed the way I think. So every day when I get up in the morning, I ask the Lord, how can I be a blessing first to my family and then to those who are within my sphere of influence? These principles resulted in lifting all financial restrictions, both from my personal life as well as my ministry. I'm not restricted anymore. And this came over a process of time by applying the principles from God's Word that I will be sharing with you. We need to understand that the key to all kinds of prosperity, that is spiritual prosperity, soulish prosperity, physical prosperity, financial prosperity, social prosperity, the key to it is a renewed mind. The way you think determines how you're going to live your life. The way you think determines what your future will look like. Amen. Amen. The problem we face many a time, it's not in our physical circumstances. It is between our ears. That's the biggest problem we face. Lack of knowledge of God's Word results in us being destroyed without us having to be destroyed. We don't have to be destroyed anymore. We don't have to suffer lack or poverty because Jesus paid a great price for each and every one of us. The Apostle Paul says, Beloved, in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, 
Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. All things means all things. Just as your soul prospers. The prosperity of the soul, which is our will, our mind, and our emotions, is the catalyst for living a life that is free from all manner of restrictions and limitations. Christ purchased us for liberty and freedom in every sphere of life. Now, financial restrictions has never been or will ever be the will of God for you and I. We are children of the living God. The Word of God says that we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We are heirs of God. That is huge. Do you really believe today that you are an heir of God? That whatever God has belongs to you? Because you are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You know, if the mind is not renewed according to the will of God, you will never be able to receive that. You look at your circumstances, you look at your life, you look at your surroundings, you look at your pocket, and you say, uh-uh, that's not true. But the Word of God is the truth that supersedes any other truth. Spiritual truth is greater than natural truth. And if we side with spiritual truths and embrace spiritual truths and practice spiritual truths, they will change natural truths and natural circumstances. And that's what I want to teach you today. Now, I have learned from the Word of God over the years that I've walked with God, 43 years this year, and from my own personal experience that it is not the will of God for His children to live in poverty or to live in lack. It has never been the will of God. And you study the Scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. When God created the garden, He put everything into that garden that man will ever need in abundance. No lack, no sickness, no disease, no curse. Yet many of us today, even in this auditorium, are bound. Bound by a spirit of poverty. You need to remember that poverty is a spirit. It is an evil spirit. It is an ungodly spirit. We bound by thoughts of being poor. Our thoughts are poor. Our visions are poor. There are things that you want to do in your life, you want to do in your family, you want to do for your children, and immediately the thought comes I cannot do that. I don't have the money, I don't have the ability. 
I don't have the education. I don't have a job. Do you understand where I'm coming from? These thoughts are thoughts of poverty. They restrict us. They limit us as children of the living God. How often we are told by God to do something and we look at our pockets. And the wallet determines whether we're going to do what God said or not do it. We need to be free from those thoughts. We need to be delivered from those thoughts. Because they're not thoughts that come from God. Other times our vision is poor. You have a poor vision. All you can see is your physical circumstances. And all you can see is your lack. Your poverty. Your lack of work. Your lack of opportunities. Your lack of, uh, of, 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 of a job. That vision needs to change. If the vision doesn't change, you will never change. Change, real change, comes from within the spirit of man. Not from the outside through coming to the inside. It's from the inside that works on the outside. If you want to change your outer circumstances, you've got to change your inner image. From one that is poor to the one that is rich. You know, we have a pastor's meeting. Every Friday morning that I attend to for the last 23 years. And many years ago, I recall, um, I walked up to a pastor in that meeting. And he said to me, you dress like a millionaire. Now, I wasn't a millionaire, but I dressed like one. I said, I am. I am. I am. And I believe that with all of my heart because I'm a child of God. Some people dress like paupers. And I'm talking about children of God. You look at the way they present themselves, the way they speak, and they're not. They're not acting like the Word says we are supposed to be acting. We are supposed to live by faith, walk by faith, speak by faith, dress by faith. And we can do all things by faith through Christ. Amen? Amen. So, as I say, bound by a spirit of poverty, our thoughts are poor, our vision is poor, and that needs to change. And this is why I'm here today as your servant to help you change your vision. Because if I can help you change your thoughts, I can help you change your life. If I can help you change your vision, I can help you change your life. Not just for your sake. This is not about us. This is about the kingdom. And this is about making a difference in the kingdom of God. And this is about blessing others. When God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you so that you may become a blessing to all the families of the earth. You see, when God touched your life, my brother, my sister, he had more on his mind than just you and your children. 
What he had on his mind was the nations. And that's why he blessed you. So that you may become a blessing to all the families of the earth. That is your promise. The promise that he gave to our forefather Abraham. And what belonged to him belonged to me. Amen. Amen. Because I am the seed of Christ. Praise the Lord. Now these thoughts. Thoughts of poverty. Poor vision. And the fear of lack. And the concern of not having enough. Continues to bombard our minds day and night. Do you know you get up in the morning and the first thought that strikes your mind is, how am I going to do this? How am I going to pay my bills this month? How am I going to bless the church? How am I going to educate my children? And you know these thoughts are constant. They bombard us every single day. You see the devil doesn't sleep. That's why you need to be fully alert, fully awake, understanding and knowing the word of God and know how to resist it. Now, this is the reason why I'm teaching on this subject this morning. And we're going to do, we're going to continue. I don't know how far I'm going to go this week. But we're going to take it up next Sunday. Because probably I won't finish this Sunday. Because I'm teaching on this subject because most of us are struggling in these areas due to various reasons. And some of the reasons may be naturally legitimate to you. What do I mean by that? Some of you sitting here today may not have a job. Now that's a legitimate reason for feeling the way you might be feeling. Am I right? Yes. So, or you may not have any any other means of income. But what I'm going to teach you this morning will activate your faith. This is very important. I'm here to activate. I'm going to put a match under your faith and I'm going to light it up. Amen. Amen. And and God has given me a gift to do that as a catalyst. Going to start a fire in you and hopefully you will fan the flames. Amen. Amen. And that fire will continue to burn and grow. Amen. So I'm going to activate your faith to go to work. And bring you out of your present situation. Say amen. Amen. So you're sitting here today. And you're thinking, I don't have an income. But you do have faith. Do you have the faith? If you're born again, you have a measure of faith. For God has given us, each one of us, a measure, the same measure, the measure of faith that he gave to every born again child of God. You don't need any more faith. You have the faith. What you need to do is activate it and learn how to use it. Amen? So you may not have an income, but you have faith. You may not have money. But you have the word of God. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. And faith comes by hearing. And hearing by what? By the word of God. So if you have the word. You have the faith. You have the knowledge. 
You just need wisdom how to use and exercise that knowledge that you do have. And so all we need is the word. We don't need anything else. God created the worlds that you see and the worlds that you do not see. How? Through the spoken word. There was nothing. And God created the worlds visible and invisible by the spoken word. The same word you and I have at your disposal today. Amen. Amen. Jesus said to Martha, you remember what he said to Martha? She was very anxious and she was very troubled about many things. And some of you may be troubled and anxious about many things this morning. I want you to hear the word of the Lord that comes to you today. He said, one thing is needed. Not two, not three, not four, not five, not ten. One. One thing, Martha, is needed. And what was that thing? It was the living word of God. So put your heart in what you're hearing this morning. You don't need anything else. You don't need anyone else. Because your source is the Word. It's not your job. Your source is not your employer. Hello? Your source is the Word of the living God. And if you have the Word, you don't need anything else. And listen. The word was given to us not just to hear it, not just to read it, but to apply it in our daily lives. If you don't apply it, James says you deceive yourself. You don't even need the devil to deceive you. You can deceive yourself. How? By not applying and practicing the word of God. And so that word was given to us to read it, to study it, to meditate in it, and to apply it. Apply it. The Bible says in Psalm 107 verse 20, one of my favorite verses of scripture. Through this scripture, I launched my ministry into the nations of the world. Just this one verse of scripture. I discovered That God does not send an army. He sends his word when he wants to do some great work. The word says he sent his word. And what did his word do? And healed them, past tense. And delivered them from their destructions. Who's them? I am part of the them. Because when I came to Christ. I was completely and utterly broken. Broken spiritually, broken mentally, broken emotionally, broken socially, and broken financially. I recall I would would drive up to the petrol station. I had a car that I borrowed to to buy it and I owed it to the bank. And I I drove up to the petrol station. I didn't have, all I had was two rand. I say, please, can I have two rands of petrol with I couldn't say fill it up. I was broke. The business that I owned with my wife went bust, bankrupt. Had to get rid of it. 
And um, I was deep in debt when I came to Christ. But thank God I didn't stay there. And I didn't stay there because I practiced the principles that I'm going to be sharing with you today. And if you do the same, God will do the same for you. Not overnight. But in the process of time, God will bless you beyond measure. In fact, He has already blessed you. You just don't know it. But that blessing needs to be activated. It doesn't just fall on you like ripe cherries off of a tree. You have to activate the blessing in order for the blessing to work in your life. And there are many believers, they sit in church just like you do, shouting hallelujah, amen, but they never activate the blessing. You see, the word says, he sent his word and delivered us from our destructions. Now, poverty is destructive in many ways. It creates such a poor self-image on the inside of you. It makes you feel inferior. It makes you feel unworthy. Imagine you as a father of a family, and you cannot provide for your family. What does that do to you as a man, as a woman? Hello? It's destructive. Amen. It's embarrassing. Not only that, it's humiliating. Not having enough is not a blessing but a curse. And that's what Deuteronomy chapter 28 says. One of the curses Jesus delivered us from is what? The curse of poverty. The Bible says, listen to what the word says. Not what your, your friends say, not what your circumstances say, not what your pocket says. Listen. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That you through his poverty might become rich. Did you hear that? Are you shouting or not yet? You got your shouting clothes on. Stand up and shout. Stand up and shout. I'm no longer poor. I'm rich. Yeah. Hallelujah. I didn't say it. The word of God said it. And the word says we have been delivered from poverty and through Christ we have been made rich. Now let me explain the meaning of rich to you. Rich means having an abundant supply to live and to do whatever God called you to do. Amen. Whatever God called you to do is having enough to do it. Not only to do it, but to live comfortably. Amen. So for me, rich means no lack. No lack. 
You know, there is no one here today who is born of God who is classified in the eyes of God as a poor person. You may see yourself as poor, but God never sees you as poor. Hello? When God sees you, He sees you through the eyes of the blood of Christ. Redeemed from the curse of the law. Redeemed from poverty and lack. Redeemed from sickness, from disease, and every manner of destructive force. That's how God sees you. And we've got to learn to see ourselves as God sees us. Amen. Amen. The word says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You have to see yourself as such. You have to see yourself as walking in abundance. You have to change that inward image. Because that inward image of poverty attracts physical poverty. you like a magnet walking around attracting all the lack, all the poverty. Because inside you, you are poor. So you have to tear that image down through the Word of God. By meditating on the Word. By practicing the Word. By living the Word. That image is torn down. And it is replaced with the image of the Word. The Word says, I am rich. Praise God. So you may be not... you you, you, You may sit here today. You may not be aware of it. But the Bible says you have been made rich. Amen. Amen. I choose to see you as such. Amen. Amen. I choose to relate to you as such. So when you relate to someone, especially for the first time, relate to someone as someone who is wealthy in God and has something to offer that someone. Don't relate to them as one who is looking to receive something. I'm going to say something here today and I don't want you to be offended. And I'm saying this from experience, from traveling to African countries. When I go to these various countries, they always see me as someone from whom they can receive something from me. Rather, as someone whom they can give something to me. Because it is in giving that you receive, it is in dying that you live. And I I testify to the fact, and to the credit of Pastor Frank and Natalia, he never behaved that way with me. That's why he's still with me. Amen. 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 He never saw me as someone he he can take something from. But he saw me as someone whom he can serve and give something to. You see, it's the way you think. If you think you are wealthy, you always approach your relationships as someone who has something to give to someone. Hey, you may not have anything in your pocket, but you have faith. You have a heart. You have a mindset. You have a vision that is healthy. And you have something to give to this city and to this house. That's what makes this house unique. Hello? Because when you joined this house, you brought your flavor with you. You brought your gifts, you brought your talents, you brought your heart. 
and you brought your resources. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, prosperity, financial prosperity and wealth obtained through faith in God, listen carefully, are governed by spiritual laws. You need to understand that. Just as we have physical laws, we have spiritual laws. Gravity is a physical law. You may believe it, you may not believe it. It still works. And it works every time. If you don't believe me, climb up to the top and jump and see what happens. You're not going to fly, you're going to fall. Why? Because there's a law called gravity. Amen? So, the same thing. Prosperity, wealth, obtained through faith in God. There is also wealth that is obtained through the devil. Through lying, through stealing. But you know what? The devil gives wealth to his people in order to hoard it and store it away from the church. That's why they are hoarders. And they use it for evil. Wealth is not evil. Money is not evil. It's the person who uses it that determines whether money is good or evil. And God blesses you so that you can become a blessing to the kingdom. Amen. So this is governed by spiritual laws. Once those laws are consistently applied in our lives, they begin to produce results. Notice that I said consistently. Day in, day out. Day in, day out. You continue. Not sometimes. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you shall indeed be my disciples. A disciple is characterized by continuing in the word. Amen. He's not one day up, the next day down, one day hot, the next day cold. He continues in those spiritual laws. The first spiritual law that I want to introduce to you this morning is found in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. This is a master universal law. And it's recorded back in the beginnings. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. And I'm reading from the Amplified. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, Summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. Let's read it again, slowly. I'm not aware whether you know this law, but if you don't, here it is. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, Day and night shall not cease. You see, from the beginning of creation, God instituted the law of what we call sowing and reaping. Seed time and harvest. Why? For the benefit of mankind. For your benefit and my benefit. He said that this law shall remain in force. As long as the earth remains. 
Well, the earth is still here, isn't it? We are still here. And it still works today. It still works. I'm a living testimony that this law still works. Another law says, Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. For whatever a man sows, that, not another, that he will also reap. Whatever a man sows, that and only that he will also reap. So whatever you and I choose to sow, that is exactly what we will harvest. For example, it's a universal law. It works both in the natural and it works also in the spiritual. If you sow corn, you're not going to get grapes, are you? No. You sow corn, you will harvest corn. You sow wheat, you will harvest wheat. If you sow kindness, you will receive kindness. If you sow mercy, you will receive mercy. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. For they, not everybody, they shall obtain mercy. You see that? If you sow money, what are you going to get? <laughs> That's exactly what you're going to get. The law of sowing and reaping works both in the natural realm as well as in the spiritual realm. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul refers to this law of sowing and reaping in teaching us about financial matters. Amen? Saying that the way to do away with poverty, with lack, with restrictions, and get rid of them in your life is to apply the principles of sowing and reaping. Did you hear that? Amen. If you're sick and tired of poverty, if you're sick and tired, you, you have to become sick and tired. And you have to set your will against it. Don't talk about it. Don't welcome it. Don't entertain thoughts of poverty in your mind. You need to understand that. When the enemy knocks on, your, on the door of your mind or your heart with these thoughts, you need to set your will against it. Just like David said, I will not fear for you are with me. You need to say, I will not lack, for God is my provider. I refuse to lack. I refuse to live in poverty. Because God is my source of supply. You need to learn to speak to those thoughts. Jesus said, whosoever shall say, and not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. Amen. If you keep saying, I can't afford it, that's exactly what you're going to have. Amen. 
If you keep saying, I don't have enough, that's exactly what you're going to have. If you say, I cannot do this because I don't have the money, that's exactly what you're going to have. But you have a choice. Amen? Amen. So, listen to what Paul says. In doing, in, in, in removing this, this curse, God has given us a way out. Amen? God has given us wonderful principles. And he says, listen, 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 8. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, not of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. We will explain this later. And God, now look at the result of that law. And God, if you apply these laws, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you, you need to put your name in that. You know these have become some of my favorite verses of scripture for many years. I've learned them off my heart. I've meditated on these verses for hours. I kept them in my heart and I speak them with my mouth often. There's nothing more powerful in prayer than praying the Word of God. You don't pray your feelings. You don't pray your problems. Hello? You pray the Word. God knows your problem. And He knows how you feel. But He says we don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith. Amen? We walk by the word. God is able to do what? To make all grace abound toward you. Not just enough. That you, you need to put your name there and say, That I always, not sometimes, always, having all sufficiency. Notice the words, all. Abound always may have an abundance for every good work. You see, God wants to bless you so much financially so that you bless and support every work within your sphere of influence. And it starts from this here. If you can't support this work, how are you going to support other works. This is where you start from. This is where you engage your faith. Hello. You see, I've learned from the Word God's ultimate desire for you and I is to bring us to a place where grace abounds towards us. This particular grace of generosity that Paul often bragged about the Thessalonians. He wants to bring us to that grace in such a way 
that we always having all sufficiency in all things so that we can financially support every good work we come across. And the way we come to that abundant grace, listen, is through the principle of sowing and reaping. Here are some verses to learn, to ponder, to practice, to meditate on. Proverbs 11, 24, 25 from the New Living Translation. Give freely and become more wealthy. <laughs> Did you, do you, you see, the laws of God are contrary and different from the laws of the world. The world says they have a law too. Get all you get, can all you get, and sit on the can. But God says, there is one who scatters and increases all the more. Give freely, become more wealthy. Be stingy. And lose <laughs> you see, you and I are not of this world. You need to think this way. We are citizens of another world. That other world is called the kingdom of God. As citizens of the kingdom of God, we need to learn to live and think like citizens of the kingdom of God. You are going to school today. You're learning. Some of us, when we go to heaven, we're going to go back to grade one. <laughs> Why? Because we haven't learned, we haven't grown. So God is going to put us back into the classrooms. And instead of you being the teacher, you're going to become the pupil again. Hello? So you better learn the lessons here that you don't get up there and then he sends you back to grade one or grade two because you haven't learned the lessons. Amen? You, you see, you can't live like a heathen up there. There are no heathens up in heaven. Only believers and citizens of the kingdom of God. Amen? So, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Amen. Hello? Amen. You need to get up every morning and say, Lord, whom can I refresh today? With my words, with my actions, with my deeds, with my resources. Amen? Amen. That's how we should think. Because we're children of God. That's how God, our Father, lives. Amen? I've known Him to be... A wonderful, generous father. That's what I've learned it from. That's what I've learned how to father. You see, I, I grew up in a home where my father was away most of the time. And as a young man, I struggled. I struggled with loneliness. I struggled with rejection because my dad wasn't there. No, my parents were not divorced. He came to South Africa long before he brought us here. And he left us with my mother and my brother for years in Cyprus. And later he decided to bring us back with him to South Africa. So my primitive years, the years where you need your dad around, the years where you, 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 you your formative years where you formed, uh, the years between five, four, five, right through to... 11, 12, and my dad wasn't there. So I grew up 
And there was this huge gap within my spirit, within my soul. The loneliness, the rejection haunted me until I came to Christ. And he became my father. He became my father. And he taught me how to father my kids. I love my children. Don't touch my children. You become my enemy. I love my family. And I love my spiritual children. And I care for them. And sometimes I go to bed and I can't sleep at night because I'm thinking of what they're going through. A father cares. And a father is always there. Amen? Always there present. I don't know how I got onto this subject, but anyway. I was saying that our Father is a generous Father. He's a generous God. Jesus said in Luke 6.38, Give, and it will be given back to you. Good measure. Not just a measure. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. You see how God gives? He gives so abundantly. Will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use. It will be measured back to you again. And we just read it. Paul said. He who sows sparingly. Will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully. Will also reap bountifully. You see Jesus explains to us here. Through these words. The principle or the law of multiplication. God doesn't just add and gives it back to you. He multiplies it and he sends it back. Amen. Amen. That's what he does. So whatever you give up or whatever you let go for him and his kingdom, Jesus said you will receive 30, 60, 100 fold in return. You know, as a believer, this is my testimony. No one can take away from it. And I give all the glory to God. I have lived by these principles as long as I can remember for 43 years. And through these principles that I'm sharing with you, God is my witness. God began to restore me financially and bring me to the place where I am able to sufficiently provide not only for my family, but help others who are in need. And God through his word shows us the way to get to the place where we have more than enough. Amen. I think we're going to close here, but before we do, I want you to allow the words that I've shared with you to filter in. And we're going to pray in a while. And we're going, we, that's why I say to Pastor Frank, don't receive an offering, receive it after I preach the word. Because if your offerings, if your tithes, if your giving is to work, you need to put faith and love into it. You see, we give money to man, to this, to this family called Worship the Sanctuary, but we need to give faith to God. See, God doesn't take your money. 
<laughs> he doesn't need money or things. He only needs them. So we give money to men, but what do we give to God? We give it faith and we give it love. That he receives. And then he pours his blessing on That is why the word says don't give out of necessity. Don't give grudgingly. Don't give because there's a need. But you need to give from a heart that is full of faith and love. If the love is not in it, if the faith is not in it, your seed is going to wither and die. But if your faith and your love is in your giving, in other words, you put your heart into it. Let me say this to you. For anything to reproduce in our lives, we have to put our heart in it. Because your heart is the life-giving force to whatever you do. It's what gives it momentum. It's what gives it multiplication. So if you are not in it, if your heart is not in it, you are not in it. And it will not work. This is so true. Anything you do in life, if your heart is not in it, you know it will not succeed. It will not prosper. You have to put your heart in it. So how do you put your heart in it? With words of faith and words of love. So can we stand? And as we stand, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit And you need to ask him. I said, Lord, you see, I have learned through the years that when I have a need, I sow a seed. My mind is not on my need. My mind is on what kind of seed God wants me to sow. And I've done that throughout my faith walk with God. And for me, I don't know about you, I don't know about anybody else. For me, it worked. That's how we put up our building. You know that building in Thailand? Yes. It's worth 25 million today. You know what seed it took to put it up? At that time, it costed 1,200,000. And God spoke to me. He said, I want you to sow a seed into missions of 10,000 rand. Our bank account, all it had was 11,000. So the elders came to me and said, you mean you want to empty our treasury? How are we going to do the rest of the things we need to do? I said, listen, I believe what God spoke. He spoke and he said, we must sow a seed for what we believe for the building. If we sow the seed by faith, not grudgingly, but we do it with a cheerful heart, God will bring us the harvest. Finally, they agreed. I don't know how much they believed, but because I was so enthusiastic, they just rolled their faith on mine and said, we will go. We took the 10,000 and we used it and they sent me and my team to Greece to evangelize the Greek nation. In a few months' time, a businessman came to me whom I hardly knew. This is a testimony. I'm sharing with you a testimony. He was looking... I think he was in Plumstead, he said. And he was looking to buy a building. He's a wealthy businessman. And he invests in property. Now looking at this building and he wants to buy it. And the Spirit of God spoke to him. He said, I want you to take that money that you want to buy the building with and give it to Pastor Andrea because he wants to build the church.
didn't ask for anything. He didn't even know we had the land. He didn't even know we had the plans for the land. I'm standing here because it's being recorded. He didn't know. But the Spirit knew. And God looked upon our seed. You know, the money that He gave us, it was 660,000 Rand. And then He said to me, what do you want me to do with this money until we start building? I said, well, he said to me, do you want me to invest it? I said, you're the businessman, you know. Go ahead. He invested that money and the 660,000 became 930,000. Another businessman gave us $20,000. Out of nowhere. And we put that building debt free. It's standing today as a testimony. Amen. Amen. Whatever we do in the ministry today, the people we employ, the things that we do is done by faith. We don't believe in borrowing money. We believe that our God is our supplier. And He has more than enough. Whatever I do in my personal life and family, this is the way I do it. I have a need, I plant a seed. I water that seed with my faith, with my love, with my words. And over a period of time, here comes the harvest. And when the harvest comes, Jesus said, I take out the sickle and I I know how to receive too. Because a lot of people know how to give, but they don't know how to receive. You need both. You need to learn. You see, it's a skill that you learn over the process of time. You learn how to give by faith, but you also learn how to gather in the harvest by faith. Amen. God wants to teach you those principles. I'm driving down the road. I turned to my wife and I said, I'm going to buy you a new car and I'm going to pay cash for it and I know the car you like. She said, where are you going to find the money? But my seed was already planted. I said, you've lived with me for so many years. You still ask me where I'm going to find the money. A few weeks we're driving. Out of my spirit, I speak. You see, words have power. Creative power. I said, I'm going to buy you a new car, and I know the car you like, and I'm going to pay cash for it. She asked me again, where are you going to find the money? I didn't say a word. Lo and behold, in a couple of months' time, my harvest came in. I went to the garage. I paid cash. I drove out the car. And the man said, how are you going to pay for it? I said, cash. You hear these things and you say, no, I can't do that. Yes, you can. But you don't start from there. You don't climb the ladder from the top run. You climb at the bottom. You learn how to believe God for a dress. You learn how to believe God for a Bible. You learn how to believe God for shoes. You learn how to believe God for your daily bread. And when you exercise your faith, believing that, God begins to grow you and grow your faith and grow your knowledge and grow your skill. Years ago, it was too hard for me to believe God for 10,000 Rand. Today I can believe God for 150,000 Rand a month. I've developed 
it's a skill. So you are standing here today. You have needs. In your life, in your personal. You have dreams. Ask the Holy Spirit. Lord, don't, don't go by habit. Don't go by necessity. Don't go by religious mindset. Open your heart and your mind. Amen. Amen. You know there's such a thing as giving by faith. Amen. What does that mean? That means you believe God to give you seed. And when you get the seed, you plant it. You give it. Hannah did that. She didn't have a son. You may sitting here today and the Spirit says to you, I want you to sow into this work of God this amount. And you think, well, I don't have it. You can believe God for it. She didn't have a son. But she said, Lord, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. That's faith giving. So I want you to bow your head, close your eyes, and open your heart to the Spirit and say, if you don't have it right now with you, I want you to take a piece of paper and write on it and say, I believe God to give me this seed to sow into this work. Write that amount. Drop it in there and trust the Lord to give it to you so that you can give it to God. You see, the Lord says in his word, he gives seed to the sower and bread for eating. So I encourage you, don't eat your bread. Don't eat your seed. Seed is for sowing. Bread is for eating. Heavenly Father, here we are. We thank you for your precious word today, Lord. Thank you that you've given us this life-changing principle. That you say if we apply them in our lives, the result will always be the same. And Lord, thank you for your precious word. Precious Holy Spirit, you know our needs. You know our struggles. And some of us may not even have a job here today, Lord. But we have the faith. Speak to our hearts. Show us. What are we to give this day as a seed that we will plant into the work of the kingdom of God and into this spiritual family? And Father, we will obey you because we are wealthy, we are rich, and we are delivered from the curse of poverty. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.